Good morning, everyone. It is Car Thoughts with David, episode 10. Wow. Yeah, what uh, what an adventure, what a journey that this has been for me. I feel like I'm able to, you know, just, you know, kind of unload some of those thoughts that are rattling around in my brain. And, you know, it's, it's re- really cool. I mean, I... I <laughs> I honestly never thought that I'd start a podcast. I mean, I remember years ago, um, I started tinkering around with the hobby of um, doing 3D artwork. And and not really to ever do it as a career. You know, basically, um, I was uh, working on DeviantArt, posting some photography and stuff, and really kind of got into the whole art scene. And, uh, you know reached out to a couple people and commented on their works and was like, hey, man, this is really awesome stuff. How do you do it? I'm curious. You know, I just want to know. I want to learn. So they kind of took me under my under their wing, uh, got me some software, got me started, and then I started doing 3D artwork. And, um, you know, then people really started responding and liking it, and I got a little popular on DeviantArt, enough to get noticed by one of the uh, locals in the community who was basically doing a featured, like, interview uh, with with people, um, you know, featuring members of the community that they come across, that they like their work, and so, you know, one of the interview questions was, is... Um, do you listen to podcasts? And I responded back. I was like, I know this is kind of an interview, but can I ask you a question? What's a podcast? I had no idea, (laughs) you know? Um, and and, you know, it seems silly now, but this was back like, you know, 2002, 2003, something like that. I can find the exact date. Um, yeah, this was, this was a long time ago. So, so yeah, I was um, totally unaware of what they were or what they could be, and, and that was a long time ago. That was back when the iPod first came out. So I thought it was something iPod-related, and he was like, oh, no, you don't have to have an iPod to, to listen to them. I was like, oh, okay, cool, because, yeah, I, <laughs> at the time I couldn't afford an iPod. Though, of course, you know, it was one of the cheaper options for a, for a reasonable, you know, resilient MP3 player at the time, but, you know, I still couldn't afford one. And uh, here we are, you know, all these many years later, and I'm actually hosting a podcast, so, I mean, that's kind of weird how it kind of come full circle, um, you know. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you f- for those who have listened and, and if you're leaving reviews, thank you, and uh, I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, today, um, you know, I'm kind of going to talk about social media some, and, and how it's changed, and how I see it changing. Um, you know, I mean, I remember when the term social media, you know, didn't really mean anything, you know, I mean, I, I grew up... I grew up in the, the, you know, in the 80s, so, you know, 
we didn't have the internet. You know, I mean, I remember I was so stoked when I discovered bulletin boards, you know, and uh, I finally was able to talk to my parents and let me plug the phone line into um, into our computer so that I could call a bulletin board and chat with people around the neighborhood or or um, around the city. Um, our local the way I found out about it is, is there was a couple of guys who wrote in our new, local newspaper who um, wrote an article about, I want to say it was like every Thursday, they wrote an article about um, h- how to work on computers or how to program computers. They teach you little cool uh, software tips like, you know, how to program a simple screensaver for DOS um, how to, you know, how to, uh, you know, optimize a program, how to edit your autoexec.bat file. And some of you listening to this are probably wondering what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, Google it. <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, I was really big into programming back then. And so I, one of the times in their message, they started, you know, like, Hey, you know, if you'd like to learn more or chat with us, or, you know, uh, get to meet some more people that are enthusiasts about this, you know, here's the uh, contact information. We run a free bulletin board service through the newspaper, and, um, you know, we'd love to connect and and share and, and, and exchange ideas. And so, you know, I took this clipping of the newspaper to my parents, and I was like, I want to do this. This is so awesome. This is like the future right here. And of course, my parents were all terrified because, you know, back then, even back then, you know, we think about viruses and there's hundreds of thousands of viruses that come out every year uh, for computer viruses. But back then, I mean, the way people wrote about computer viruses, you would have thought that like literally if you got a computer virus you too could get that same virus and die from it. I mean, it was the way people wrote about it. It was so ridiculous <laughs> uh, how how dramatic it was. Um, I remember reading those articles because um, and, and just laughing. And my parents were like, "Our computer could get one of these." And I, when I was in college, um, you know, I remember you know my first uh, week of college. I was sixteen and. You know, I was having a great time, and I was so prepared for college. And then I went into the lab for the first time, and it was like, you must scan every single floppy disk, even if it's brand new, for viruses. And I had just brought a box of 30. And, of course, me being the the young kid that didn't know anything, because I was 16 years old, I didn't know uh, if, if somebody was somehow watching me on a camera. Uh, to verify that I actually did scan every single disk in my possession or if I was going to be audited, like if a professor was going to walk up to me and be like, wait a second, we see that you have extra disks in your bag, you know, 10 demerits or whatever it was, you know. So I literally stood there and scanned every single one of them and it took like 45 minutes because floppy disks were extremely slow. So, you know, it, uh, the next time I went to class, I think I had five, <laughs> and uh, and I, I just didn't 
didn't really take any more than that. I'd rotate them out if I needed them. Um, and of course, you know, at the time, I knew how to write viruses. I was a programmer before I even went to college. That's why I got accepted in early. So, aside from my, my test scores and my, my, you know, school grades and things like that, you know, one other thing was I was already pretty damn good at programming. So, I would have known if my floppy disks had viruses on them before I got to school because, quite frankly, if they had viruses on them, it's because I put them there. But that's beside the point. That's ancient history, right? So, um, but yeah, so I got on this. I finally, you know, begged my parents long enough and they let me do it. And it was just amazing. It was earth shattering to me. I mean, there was, I think there was a total of 18 people that could be on the bulletin board, uh, on average. I think it could be more, but during the day, it was about 18 people because the other, you know, the other lines and stuff were in use by people who actually worked at the newspaper after, after the sun went down and it was just the people printing the paper for the next day, you know, more people could get in. I think it went up to like something like 30. Um, but I mean, it was just so amazing. I was chatting with people that lived all throughout the city that all had one thing in common. They were all enthusiastic about computers and about learning more. I mean, I actually, and this was, you know, way before I went to college too. Um, I actually met one of the college professors. He was a math professor at the college I ended up attending. And uh, I remember I was so stoked. You know, he was like, dude, I have a copy of Windows 3.11 for work groups. Um, you know, and it's an extra copy I got from the school, but I don't need it. And, you know, <clears throat> if you want it, you know, just roll by the college and, uh, and I'll give it to you. So you know, because I wanted to get some of the office programs so I could write better papers and stuff for my school assignments. Or what office was back in, you know, 1988 or whatever. <laughs> so, um, so I remember hopping on, uh, I, my buddy actually lived near Gaston College, so I was like, well, I'm probably going to be hanging out at his house on a weekend soon. Um, you know, what I'll do is I'll, I'll let you know, and we can set up a time to meet. So went over to my buddy's house, hung out for the weekend, and uh, he had a go-kart. So cranked that thing up and uh, drove it down to the college. And because uh, I, didn't, I didn't know how many floppy disks it would be, so I was like, well, we need to have some way to carry them, so I'll take the go-kart. So I drove down to the school, rolled up to where his building was, went to the school, found the, the number, and knocked on the door. <clears throat> you know, he was in the middle of teaching in class, but he said it was okay if I interrupted. So here I am, this like, you know, 10 year old, 11 year old kid, and <laughs> I'm standing in the doorway of a college, and, you know, He's like, oh, oh, excuse me for a second, uh, students. Uh, I'll be right back. And 
so he picks up this box, walks over, and says, hey, you must be, I don't even remember what my handle was back then, uh, I was like, yeah, hey, you know, I remember his handle, uh, it was Skillet Liquor 79, or something like that, so, I don't remember the number, but I remember it was definitely Skillet Liquor, which I've always found fascinating, which is probably why we became such cool, uh, close friends on, on the bulletin board, but anyway, so, um, anyway, he walks over, hands me the, the box, he said, here you go, Windows 3.11 on floppy, and I opened it up, and it was like the legit discs, which blew my mind, because, you know, I grew up in the country, you know, if, if I wanted something, I either had to write it, or I had to save a lot of money to get it, because, uh, you know, my dad worked in a factory, he, you know, so, you know, when I was sitting there holding those, I was like, oh my god, this is like a lot of money, this guy's just giving this to me for free, holy crap, so, you know, I thanked him very profusely, and very quietly, because I didn't want to interrupt his class, and then, uh, you know, I went back, hopped on my go-kart, and rode back to my friend's house, and I showed him the box, and he was like, wow, that's totally awesome, and, uh, you know, so, it was exciting, and then we went back to playing SimCity 2000, and, you know, trying to build a city that actually filled the entire map, which we did eventually do, and it took us about two weeks of building the city to get it to where it was the full map, and then eventually we hit population limits, um, where we couldn't build anything else, because, you know, you had to keep a balance, and if we built any more residential areas, it would have just caused everything else to plummet. So, we actually ended up crashing SimCity, and couldn't play it anymore. We had to format his hard drive and reinstall his OS, uh, because it just, it just did not want to play right after that, so we figured, why not just start everything over again? And of course, we were both computer fanatics, so we cherished any chance to get, you know, to, to restore an OS to keep our skills sharp, you know, and, uh, but that, that, um, desire and that addiction for, for being social online and getting to know people, you know, just kind of grew, I mean, eventually, um, as I got a little bit older, um, me and my sister went together and got our own telephone line, you know, which was a big deal, you know, back then, uh, you know. To, to be a kid and actually have your own telephone line. Because, you know, my parents would be like, I've got to go do, I've got to call somebody, or I've got to check on a part for the car, or I've got to do this, and you need to get off that stupid computer so I can make the phone call. Or my parents or my sister would pick up the phone and, you know, the dreaded disconnection, and, you know, you had to dial back in. And, I mean, this was this was before AOL or any of that stuff, too, so you know, it was not as easy as just clicking connect back then, you know, sometimes I'd have to redo some of my modem configurations, because, you know, it would just freak out, so I had to, you know, kind of calm the system back down and get it in the mood where it wanted to connect to the greater world, but, uh, you know, eventually, I ended up creating my own bulletin board, uh, it was called Jabba's Palace, uh, because, obviously, you know, I'm a Star Wars fan, so it made sense, and I started creating ASCII and ANSI um, 
bulletin board menus for myself and people would dial in and be like oh my god where did you get this bulletin board menu from did someone make that for you uh, you know because I'd be chatting with them until like two or three o'clock in the morning and um, you know did someone make that for you and I'm like no dude I made this myself I want something to kind of you know still had all the information for the bulletin board menu but I wanted to kind of have that look and feel and coloring and aesthetic of Jabba's Palace from Return of the Jedi and they were like oh you have got to make me one okay so here's what I want you to do I want you to to uh, whenever you have a chance dial into my bulletin board look at it get some ideas see what I'm kind of trying to accomplish and then I want you to make me a menu and send it to me or upload it in my file transfer on my site so it got to the point where I was actually doing this I wasn't doing it for money I mean heck I was a kid you know, the idea of being an, a young entrepreneur at the age of four or five on the internet didn't exist because, well, quite, I mean, well, not four or five, but, you know, 10 or 12, 15, whatever, uh, didn't exist. Because, well, quite frankly, first of all, the internet didn't exist for the public yet. But the idea of doing something like that professionally, if I would have told my dad, you know what, dad, I'm going to go and I am going to be a professional. Uh, bulletin board programmer uh, doing you know doing artwork and stuff for bulletin boards my dad probably would have had me locked up in a mental institution you know because he wasn't exactly the most progressive thinker I remember for my mom's birthday one year and this was right after CDs first came out it was maybe the second year CDs were out um, mom really wanted a CD player and we you know, I was determined that dad was going to buy her a CD player because that's what she really wanted. And she very rarely asked for anything. So the fact that she wanted it, you know, I was like, dad, we just need to do this. So we're standing in Walmart, staring at a bunch of CD players. And my dad just turns to me and looks at me and he says, David, these things are never going to take off. Nobody's going to buy this crap. Nothing's ever going to replace records and cassettes. They just work so well. And I started laughing because I was like, Dad, cassettes are crap. Every time it gets too hot, you know, the, the cassette player wants to eat the cassette. And then you have to break out your pencil and your screwdriver and put the dang thing back together. I said, it's not as bad as 8-tracks, but, I mean, come on, seriously? Nothing's going to replace cassettes? He's like, I don't understand how these little plastic discs will ever take off. They they say they claim to last forever, but I just quite frankly don't believe it. So I finally just kind of pulled him to the side out of earshot of some of the other people, and I said, Dad, just fire the thing. You know, you don't really know what you're talking about. You don't really know a lot about technology. CDs are going to be the future. And, you know, they ended up being. But he's always kind of like that, you know. He's one of those people that thinks, oh, you know, cell phones, uh, fad, I don't care. I mean, he still carries a flip phone, and it's 2018, so, you know, just if that shows you anything. But, you know, anyway, um, you know, it was it was uh, interesting. I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, you know, so, you know, he just really wasn't... Uh, wasn't a big proponent for that. Didn't think that, I mean, he definitely was not a fan of the idea of me being a computer programmer for doing video games. Um, that's why he kind of opposed me when I wanted to go out to uh, out to uh, San Jose for an interview with LucasArts, um, you know, when I was 16. Because, you know, 
he did why would you want to get a career in video games I mean that's seriously you know grow up be a man you know go do a real job work in a factory you know he was he was always for me you know because I was the first son and because I was his only son you know oh yeah you're going to learn to chop wood and hunt and work on cars and do all this stuff and I had no desire to do any of those things now granted I do work on my car I change my oil and do maintenance and stuff like that but I definitely definitely am not one of those people who's gung ho like oh you know man yeah you know I gotta go change out you know my my camshafts and my you know gotta, I'm gonna rebuild my transmission I'm not a gearhead I mean I understand how all of that works because I was forcefully taught it but <laughs> I'm not one of those people if my transmission needs work guess what I'm gonna take it to a shop I mean that's just all there is to it I'm not a professional I've got a day job and you know I just don't have time to do all that work and that's what shops like that are for plus I'd rather support a small local business than try and do it myself and screw something up and I'm helping them out and they're helping me out so you know there's really no point but you know so so he definitely was opposed to anything I wanted to do that had anything to do with computers technology he wanted none of it I mean he understood that it was important but he didn't see how someone could make a living doing it and didn't think it was sustainable as a career choice so he was not going to go for it Uh, same reason when I wanted to fly out to Texas for an interview with Microsoft he was definitely against that too so you know over time he's seen and I would think that if if it was in this day and age when I was growing up when I was hitting those ages and getting those calls and those uh, those letters you know he probably would have been all for it you know because he's changed a lot as well so you know it's just one of those things that you know it was just not right at the time and you know I'm where I am now but anyway so yeah so as uh, social media grew you know uh, and the internet came about you know I got big into chat rooms and stuff and got to meet a lot of really great people around the world and that was really awesome because I always had a huge fascination with with uh, international culture and learning anything I could about it so I would just chat for hours and hours and hours with people who um, you know were just anywhere you know like oh hey where are you from cool what can you tell me about this place? You know, I want to hear everything. I want to know every detail. I'm really curious. And thankfully, as I've gotten older and worked my way into better jobs, I've been able to travel the world some. And I've been able to take that experience and that knowledge with me that I gained. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, I even back then, you know, I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if people all over the world could chat or talk or have have places where they could hang out together online but I mean honestly I don't even know if with my imagination if I could have ever discovered or imagined uh, such a world as we live in now with with uh, social media and chatting and groups and apps and all of this wonderful technology that we have and then it just blows my mind because you know I wonder where it's going to go Sorry for the commercial. Thank you. Please take your ticket. Um, where it's going to go from here. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, I think really, honestly, um, 
though they seem really crazy and silly and zany, um, as virtual reality gets a lot more uh, prolific in our culture, I think the uh, VR chat rooms are really going to take off. Um, you know, I don't know that I am ready to join them yet, um, but at the same time, you know, I see that they're really huge. Um, you know, as far as videos, I've seen a buddy of mine's shown me a couple of videos of like just crazy stuff that you can do in VR chat rooms, and you know. I think that's really kind of the future of it in a way, but at the same time, I, I don't see things like Facebook or Instagram or any of that stuff going away. Um, it just may start evolving into incorporating those things as well. And I mean, you know, Instagram just launched launched uh, Instagram TV, which is really huge. Um, I signed up for that myself. I haven't done any yet, but you know, it's one of those things that I'm kind of curious about and I want to get my account set up. So when it happens, when I decide to finally start posting a video on there, you know, I'll, I'll be ready for it. I'll just be able to record the video and do it. I won't have to be like, oh crap, how do I set all this stuff up? So I kind of want to get into that because I know it's going to be huge. I know it's really going to take off. Um, LinkedIn is really taking off. If you're not on LinkedIn, you know, definitely give it a look. There's a lot of video content creation, a lot of really great stuff being done on LinkedIn these days. Um, Twitter, it's there. But really, I feel like, especially with reading about what happened to James Gunn recently and um, how Michael Rooker uh, deleted his Twitter account, I really think that Twitter's becoming kind of a double-edged sword for a lot of people. And though it is good for people who want to use it, um, you know, I honestly think that in a lot of ways, it's going to be one of those things that kind of goes away after a while. It just, it's, there's too much stuff going on in the world and too many things being posted or done or, or controversies that are going on there that it's either going to, it's going to become a place where only people who are into sensationalism stay and all the people who just want to just socially interact with people on a normal level we're probably going to avoid um i i see it kind of becoming a myspace in in ways where it becomes just this niche uh social media where only certain people are going to use it um because i mean myspace used to be the 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 thing i mean if you didn't have a myspace page you weren't you know technologically advanced you were a caveman um but it became so clunky and bulky and, and, you know, I got to the point where I unfriended half the people on my MySpace because when I'd load their page up, my computer would literally lock up because they had so much animation and music and all this other crap on it that it just shut my entire PC down. I'd have to reboot because I couldn't even unlock my Internet Explorer or Firefox browsers because it just overwhelmed them. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever, I'll reboot, and I just won't go to their page ever again. And uh, so, so many people left MySpace because Facebook didn't have all those customizations, didn't have all those, you know, things you could add, which meant you'd never walk, you'd never go to your friend's page and then regret that you actually did it. Um, and then, of course, you know, got MySpace got taken over by the music community, and so... I think it's actually still around. I haven't been to MySpace in a long, long time. Um, probably since the you know early 2000s. And then 
yeah. So I, I really see Twitter kind of going that way. Um, you know, and then there's there's a lot of other uh, social media out there. There's a lot of other apps out there. I mean, Snapchat's doing great things. I don't have a Snapchat account yet. Um, I know my wife does. But, you know, I'm just kind of trying to figure that out. And if that's something I want to jump into because I'm so busy with my writing and with my uh, doing podcasts now and everything else that I'm doing, I don't know if I have time to add anything else to my plate. And, uh, you know, just like with Instagram TV, I signed up for the account, but I haven't really used it yet. I mean, I've watched a couple of my friends' videos and stuff like that, but I haven't actually sat down and looked at it. So we'll see, but I mean, definitely exciting times ahead for social media, and uh, you know, I'm really excited to see what the future holds uh, as we become a much smaller world as everyone's connected with one another through the internet and through social media. So uh, that's all I've got, guys. I'm I'm pretty much at work, so I will sign off for episode ten. And if you like this or like my other episodes, please subscribe. Again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, to them. Uh, It means a lot knowing that somebody actually is listening to what I have to say. And um, have a great Wednesday, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Hey everybody, David here from Car Thoughts with David, and I just wanted to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, if you have decided that you want to start your own podcast... You might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what works? What doesn't work, right? Well, I wrote a book. Because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them. And that's all well and good, but sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So, I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting. Lessons Learned, Lessons Shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. If you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can, you know, Keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. So, by all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you guys, and I could not do any of this without your support, so when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.